Turn in your Bible this morning to two passages of Scripture. Matthew chapter 5 and Acts chapter 4. Matthew 5 and Acts 4. We're going to begin talking about what? Somebody say it. At least one person. Somebody say it. Be contagious. Amen. That's what God's looking for in all of us, to be Christians who are genuinely contagious. And so before we jump into that, I want to affirm uh, that February 1st, uh, Sunday circles thought last uh, year we did a fall Sunday circles on Sunday morning for 45 minutes it was awesome and I want to encourage you to make February 1st as Laura said Super Bowl Sunday uh, uh, as a great day to get started in the right direction there's room at the table for you look at your neighbor and say there's room at the table for you there really is and so just plug in and get involved let me just say this as we look back just a little bit I want to say the last two Sundays were very, very important times and opportunities for us to really focus on the future. A couple of Sundays ago, the last Sunday of uh, 2014, uh, I shared a message, a happy new year doesn't just happen. And I really believe that's important for you if you weren't here to plug in, get online and begin to uh, 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 get caught up with what you need, tools in your hands to be able to fulfill the vision that God has for you. Last Sunday was Vision Sunday. We introduced our ministry team for 2015, and I shared an important message from Habakkuk chapter 2, where Habakkuk said, write the vision, or God said to Habakkuk, write the vision, make it plain, that he may run who reads it. We need a vision from God for our future. And here at Church on the Rock North, the vision of God for this year is evangelism and harvest. Everyone say evangelism and harvest. You see the cross over here, and I want to encourage you. In fact, I meant to mention this earlier uh, in the service. Uh, this cross is filled with people's names who we have last Sunday and Wednesday night. You fill out people's names who you're praying for to be born again, to, to either get right with God, get uh, a touch from God. You just place their name on there and then pin them to the cross. We're going to have this cross up at least for the first uh, three months of 2015 uh, in order for you to begin to, and all of us, to begin to pray and seek God for lost people, our friends and family. You see, 2015 could be the greatest day or the greatest year of your friends and family's lives as they are impacted with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if you've not done that, I encourage you to do that. And I want you not to, uh, in fact, I'm saying this to myself, let's not forget about the cross for goodness sake. Let's keep pl placing people there. And as Laura Beth said, uh, we're, going to, uh, we're going to have a prayer team each week uh, um, uh, for the next three weeks, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If you'd like to come and be a prayer team, you don't have to lead anything other than pray for people at the cross. Uh, in fact, if it's just two people, that's a team. We want you to sign up. There's a few places left. If you don't have a key to get in the church, we'll get you here. I'll be like the car salesman. You call me at midnight, I'll show up. We'll show up and we'll unlock and you can begin to pray. We want to cover our friends and family in prayer because this is the year of evangelism and harvest. So uh, don't forget to do that. In fact, at the close of this service, we'll give you an opportunity to, to put your friends and family, uh, nail them to the cross in a sense, in a good way, and let's pray for them because we're going to believe God for souls and 2015. And everybody said, amen. In order for that to happen, we've got to be contagious with our Christianity. I want you to look in Matthew chapter five this morning, uh, and then you hold your place in Acts chapter four. 
I want you to see this is our keynote verse for the next uh, number of weeks. And as you know, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 are what uh, theologians call the Sermon on the what? The Sermon on the Mount. It's really Jesus' first recorded message. Now, how many of you know, if this is his first shot at, at sharing uh, truth with his disciples, this, this sermon is chock full of, of, of amazing insight. And so the first few verses, the first 10 uh, 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 or so verses are called the be what? The be attitudes, the blessed are. Everyone say blessed are. I love the fact that Jesus, when he first, his first message, he started it off on a positive. He said, man, I want to tell you how to be blessed. That means very happy. Everybody go, ha, ha, ha. I'm telling you, it, if you'll be what Jesus wants you to be, you will be very happy. And you'll even be happy in the middle of hard times because it says, blessed are those, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then the next thing he gets on, really in verse 13 and 14, this is where I want you to, we're, we're going to read all the way through 16, because this is key. Jesus here is identifying who we are in the kingdom of God. Are you ready? If you're ready, say amen. Here we are. He said, you are. Everyone say, we are. Look at your neighbor and say, you are. Everybody say, I am. In other words, this is not something we should be. This is who we are as born-again believers. This is, who, this is our identity. We are, or you are, the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Everyone say, I'm the salt of the earth. And then verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You see, the Bible teaches very clearly who we are in Christ. We are to be the salt of the earth. We are to be the light of the world. We're talking about people who are contagious in the world around them. People who invade and influence the world around them. You know, the first concern I see of Jesus, when he begins to talk to his disciples, his first concern after he identified who they were or who we are, we are salt and we are light, his first concern about being salt and light is that somehow, some way, we would become ineffective and non-contagious. Did you catch that? He said, you're the salt of the earth, but if you've lost your savor, your flavor. In other words, listen, you, it's like the warning, warning, warning. You've got to understand, this is who we are. But one of the biggest battles you and I will face is becoming ineffective and non-contagious with the Christianity that God has, has allowed us so wonderfully and so graciously to embrace. Are you with me? And so we need to understand the reality of that, that, hey, our, our identity is being assaulted from all, not salted, but assaulted. You catch the un, unplanned play on words, play on words. The, our saltiness has, is being assaulted. And we need to understand that and realize that. In fact, if you go to Acts chapter 4, turn to Acts chapter 4. We won't be there long, uh, but I want to show you this. Acts chapter 4, the church is born. The power of the Holy Spirit has been poured out and the church is born. And oh, it was glorious. Everybody say hallelujah. 
Thousands of people are being born again. And, and in Acts chapter 4, we see that the number went from 3,000 to 5,000. I'm telling you, there's revival going on. And Peter and John and the ministry team, they're blowing and going. Now, catch this. The, the first concern of Jesus when, we, when he taught us was that we would lose our influence we would become unsalty and not be full of life. That we would uh, be non-contagious. Now, when the church began to be influential and contagious, immediately the religious, what I call antichrist spirit, rose up because the antichrist spirit that was alive and well there in Acts chapter 1 and really all through and is alive and well today, the, uh, the antichrist spirit, their first concern, its first concern was the danger against darkness by the by the contagious pardon me the contagious nature of Christianity, and what do we find in Acts chapter four verse seventeen? The 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 religious leaders gathered. They they arrested Peter and John because of all that was going on, and someone had been healed, and they threatened them, and they said so that it spreads no further. Now that's what the devil has desired and has uh, endeavored to do in our life from day one. The first, how many of you remember the day you got born again? Man, were you at least a little excited? How many of you went right out and told somebody? Man, I'm, I'm thrilled. I got born again. Woo! You were you you began to be contagious. And you know what happened the day you were born again and you went out and began to be contagious? The devil got on your case about your contagious nature. And he has been endeavoring from that day until now to stifle the contagious nature of the church. Because true Christianity is naturally contagious. How many believe in Acts chapter 4 or Acts chapter 1 and 2 when the church is born and Peter gets up and preached after the power of the Holy Spirit is poured out, 3,000 plus people are born again. It went to 5,000. I'm telling you, the contagious nature of Christianity was spreading throughout all of Jerusalem and spreading out beyond Jerusalem. And man, things were happening. People were being born again. And the enemy says, we got to stop this. This is getting out of hand. And they threatened them. And so, interesting insight. Jesus' first concern about us as his followers is that we would become ineffective and uncontagious or non-contagious. The devil's antichrist spirit, his first concern is that we would be contagious. And so, how many of you know, the Lord knew what the devil was going to try to do. And he says, you can't lose your savor. You can't lose your flavor. You can't hide your, the light of God in your life under a bushel. You are a city set on a hill. You are salt and you are light. That's who we are. The nature of Christianity should be that we are naturally contagious with our walk with God. Amen. And so with that in mind, I want to talk to you about some simple thoughts this morning about what it means to be truly contagious. What it means for us to be a truly contagious Christian. We need to ask ourselves, are we contagious? Are people being infected with the gospel of Jesus Christ through our life? 
Are we contagious? Now, we know that we've seen, uh, the, you know, all the Ebola and all those, you know, dangerous diseases. And you see, you know, uh, where were we, Beverly? Uh, oh, we were at uh, Chick-fil-A, God's country. We're in Chick-fil-A and all the kids are in the playground. And what do they have? They have those little antibiotic wipes because everybody's got a cold, you know. And we're just, they're trying to keep people from being, uh, you know, infected with colds and the flu and all those things. We know what it means for, to, to battle those kind of issues. I mean, if you know, the devil looks at the church and goes, oh, my goodness. If they really get a hold of this, they're going to be contagious. We need to ask ourselves if we're genuinely contagious. Uh, are people being born again and, and, and coming into the kingdom of God because of our walk with God? So let me give you three thoughts, four thoughts this morning. The first one is this. If you're going to be truly contagious, number one, you've got to be infected. You've got to, have a, you've got to be infected with, the, with the, the, the contagion, if you will, on a positive note of what... The Christ life is all about. Now, here's the thing. Most people, many people, have only been inoculated. They got just enough to keep them from getting the real thing. Now, I suppose they're still vaccinating kiddos today. And did you know, I learned something years ago. I remember as a kid, man, this thing was scary to me. How many of you remember the big clacking inoculation gun that they would bring in schools? And man, it poked four or five little holes in your arm. It scared the wajibis out of me. And what they were doing, was that small, I don't remember, was that some kind of, te- pardon me? To bur- all kinds of weird things. And man, I remember at school, they'd come up and they'd be clack, I'm telling you, and it'd put a big scar on you. You know what they were doing? They were infecting you with just enough of the disease so you would become immune to it and never catch it again. You were inoculated with the disease. You were given just enough to keep you from getting the real thing. Here's my fear that most people who would call themselves Christians have just got just enough to keep them from getting the real thing. They've not been infected. They've been inoculated. And I think for us today, as we look to the future and as we look to this coming year, we need to ask ourselves, have I got just enough to keep me from getting the real thing? Or have I been infected with the gospel and the reality and the life of Christ in my life? How many of you want to be infected? You know, if we could see into the spirit, we can't. Sometimes we may can't. But even in this room right here, There are people in this room, I got to be honest, who they are fearful of being infected by the gospel and the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. And if you could see into the spirit, there's a lot of people here got their spiritual mask on. They got their ear, man, they don't want, oh, I just want to come and just enjoy the worship. I just want to come and get my little fix. I just want to come and do my duty. But, oh, I don't know if I can handle being truly infected with the gospel and the truth and the life of Jesus Christ in my life. Are you inoculated? Are you infected? To the disciples in Acts chapter 4, it was obvious to the religious world. To them, it was obvious. How many of you know, here's the reality. When you and I are infected with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the life of Christ, with the Christ, with the Christ life, listen, people know. The evidence of every, is everywhere. You are not 
under the, you, you are not out of the, the, the light of people's knowledge of who you are in Christ. In fact, when they arrested Peter and John, you know what they said? They said, we, we know one thing. Now, this is the religious antichrist spirit. We looked at these guys and we can't help but understand and know they have been with Jesus. They've spent time with Jesus. Look in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. In other words, there's evidence. There's always evidence when you've been infected. Everybody knows. You are not a secret agent Christian. Everybody knows. That's just very clear. There's nothing misunderstanding about that. When you live your life, people see the Christ life, and they know and they realize you have been with Jesus. And that's a real secret. In becoming infected. Listen to this. The truly infected and not merely inoculated have spent quality time with Jesus. Infection takes time. When you want, when, if you want to be infected with the truth and the life of Christ, spend time with Jesus. Because that's what the religious antichrist spirit saw in, in, in Peter and John and in the church. They recognized and realized, verse 13, that they had been with Jesus. My question to you, my question to me, do people, when I, when I interact with them, do they something on the inside of them? Man, I don't know what it is about that guy, but I think he's been hanging around Jesus. The infection is evident. And I want to encourage you. In 2015, I want to encourage you to realize that if you want to truly be infected and not just be inoculated, it's going to take some time for you to be spiritually invested and then in, infected, if you will, with the contagious nature of Christianity. we got to spend time with Jesus. A lot of people, a lot of Christians are simply not spiritually contagious. Why? Because we don't take time to be with Jesus. When you hang around Jesus, guess what? He's going to infect your life. How many of you know, just when you hang around, do you have some friends that are kind of uh, uh, outgoing? Any outgoing friends? Anybody here, it's not your nature to be outgoing? Anybody kind of, you know, the, what do you call them? They're just, you know, not, not as outgoing, a little introverted. But when you hang around outgoing people, and they, what do they do? They just get a little infectious, and all of a sudden, you're coming out of your shell a little bit because you've been hanging around outgoing people. It's the same way with Jesus. If you're not infectious with the Christianity, it means, with your, with your Christ life, it means you hadn't been hanging around Jesus very long. Are you with me? And so, if you want to be contagious... It's going to take time. Spending time with Jesus. I want to encourage you. As we enter this 21 days of prayer and fasting, what greater opportunity is there than today? We start this evening to, to just focus for the next 21 days on Him. Spend time with Him. Take time away. We're talking about prayer and fasting. Hey, move away from some things. Put some things aside in your life that take some time. Some of you may fast from social media. Some of you might need to fast from the television. I mean the television. Some of you may need to fast from things that are that are your that that really take a lot and just drain the life. Hey, spend some time with Jesus. Look at your neighbor. Say, we got to spend some time with Jesus. If we're, going, if we're going to see friend day, listen carefully. If we're going to be, see friend day, the altar filled up with these people here who we've been praying for, we must spend time with Jesus. 
We've got to get infectious with our Christianity. We've got to have an infectious Christ life that people can see and we can begin to invade their world with the light and the salt of God in our life. We got to spend some time with Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to me. How about you? We got to be contagious. How are we going to happen? We're going to have to spend some time with Jesus. Let me just, let me tell you this. I can say a lot. Hey, spend some time listening and learning. Just say, listen and learn. Man, we got to listen, spend time listening and learning. This morning in prayer, I'm telling you, when I was praying for you this morning and praying for this service and praying over this opportunity, I just began to walk through my living room and walk through my house and I began to just pray. And all of a sudden, I began to hear the Spirit of God speaking things to my life. I ran back to my computer because I know something about me. If I don't write it down, I'm going to miss it. That's why God said to Habakkuk, you better write it down. Look at your neighbor and say, you better write it down. He began to speak to me. I went back to my computer and flopped up the notes and I began to write down some thoughts and, and I could see it that, that I had to do it immediately because they were, they were slipping past me and, the, and his voice, he, he began to speak to me. I was spending time with Jesus. And I want to tell you, in that few moments of prayer, I began to feel a lot more like him. I thought, ooh, it feels good to spend time with Jesus. Take time to listen and learn from him. Number two, take time to love and be loved. Just love on the Lord. Listen, when you come to church, it's not the only time you need to love on Jesus. Get up in the morning and love on him and just worship him and adore him. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. And not only love him, but guess what? He, oh, he'll love you back. He'll love on you and you'll sense the, let me tell you something about Christianity. It's not a religious duty. It's a relationship of love. Christianity is a relationship of love, not a religion of legalistic responsibility. If you're living your life under a legalistic response, well, we have to go to church today. Why do we go to church today? Because it's the Christian thing to do. And we got to obey the Lord. You heard the story of the mom, little, the, the son asking his mom. She said, son, get up. We got to go to church. He said, I don't want to go to church. She said, son, you got to go to church. I don't want to go to church. She said, you got to. He said, give me two good reasons why I need to go to church. And she said, number one, it's the Christian thing to do. It's what Christians do. And number two, you're the pastor. All of us from time to time come to a place where we get, maybe get off course and, and it becomes legal. Listen, Christ, hey, spending time with Jesus Building a relationship of love with him. Loving on him, worshiping him, thanking him. He pours it all over us. And then, hey, what's the great commandment? Hey, if you want to be legalistic, here's the great commandment. The greatest commandment of all. Love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, that's contagious. we got to be infected. It takes time. We gotta spend time with Jesus. This next week, Beverly and I are gonna spend some quality time with Jesus and with one another, loving on Him and loving on one another and spending time in the presence of God and just listening and learning from Him. Why? Because we've gotta be contagious. We've gotta have the Christ life shining through us. 
Our life must be salty. Our life must be contagious. Who we are, this is who we are. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And we've got to be infected with the contagious nature of genuine Christianity. Everybody say infected. Number two, if you want to be a contagious Christian, You've got to not only be infected, you've got to be informed. I won't spend long here, but listen. Hey, the gospel cannot be made known through you until it has been made known in you. There's some things we need to know. How many of you know uh, people are destroyed, the Bible says, because of a lack of what? Knowledge. You see, you can't just be inspired. The inspiration of God is great. But listen, you got to be informed. In fact, the more informed you are when it comes to the gospel and the word of God, the more inspired you become. A lot of people get it backwards. They just want to come to church and get inspired. Woo, preacher preached good. Woo, the worship was great. Woo, I got, a, I got me a goosebump. Hallelujah. Listen, if you want to get some real inspiration, get some genuine truth-filled information from the Word of God. Hey, hey, get this here. If you want to be infected, you've got to be informed. And we study the Word. Everybody say, study the Word. Man, spend time these next three weeks getting in the Word of God, studying the Word of God. Listen, studying the Bible is easier today than it has ever been. Did you know that they need to take something in every Bible and put in the front www.google.com? Because listen, not everything you read on the internet is true, but listen, they've, they've it's pretty tested and tried. About 97% of everything that's on Wikipedia is true. Listen, there's so much stuff in this book. There's so much information that others can help us with. You don't believe everything you read. How many of you believe everything you read on the internet? Nope. Let me just say, contrary to common belief, you don't have to post some uh, thing about your Facebook uh, you've seen that if you're a Facebooker, you know, I'm today on December 11th posting that my information is not legally allowed to be shared by Mark Zuckerberg and all his cronies. That's, that's just a, that's, that's not true. You don't have to do that. Not everything you read is true, but everything you read in here is true. And if you're not sure about it, you find somebody who may know a little more. Study the word. Because if you don't study, if you're not informed, you can't be inspired. And you can't share what you do not know. Amen. If we took a little, if I passed out papers and pens to everybody here in this room, and, and hey, because of the rain, we've got a smaller crowd. If I passed out pens and papers and I said, in 30 words or less, tell me what the gospel is. Did you know some of us, we would be scared by the answers? We would go, the people here in the church do not know what the gospel is. What is the gospel? It's the good news. What's the good news? Christ died for my sins. He came and lived a sinless life. He died on a cross to pay for my sin. This is the whole message of the Bible. This is where it all came down to. He paid a big price on Calvary's cross. He died for me, paid for me so I could, hey, he paid the way for me. Has anybody ever bought anything for you? You ever, anybody ever say, oh, I get it, don't worry about it. You know what Jesus said when he came to the Calvary? He said, you know what? The, the, the payment you owe because of your sin nature, I'm going to pay it for you. I got it. He died for you. And then what did he do three days later? He rose from the dead. 
We sang this morning a hymn, I think Bill Gaither wrote it, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. He rose from, again, rose from the dead so I could have new life. And the Bible says, if I believe that and I ask Him into my life and I yield myself to be the Lord, Him to be the Lord and the leader of my life, I'm born again. Christ died for my sins. He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. That, my friend, is the Gospel. And oh, there's a lot that goes along with that. But listen, if you want to be contagious in your walk with God, not only do you need to be infected by just spending time with Jesus, you've got to be informed by spending time in His Word. And as you read the Word, the revelation of God will begin to jump off the page in your life and it will become exciting to you. And you will begin to be infectious. Everybody say, study the Word. Everybody say, know the Word. Hey, as we've always said, do you know what Jesus said about the Word? He said, the truth will set you free, right? No, He didn't. I tricked you. Now, Oprah thinks the truth will set you free. I've heard her say that. I want to jump through the screen and say, Oprah, I mean Oprah. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth you know. If the truth set you free, what could you do, Michael? Just walk around with your Bible on your head. That doesn't work, does it? It's the truth we know. We've got to be informed. Everyone say, be informed. If you want to be contagious in 2015, you've, hey, you've got to be infected. You've got to spend time with Jesus to the point that people began to see it. I see. You've been with Jesus. What's going on in your world? You've got to be informed. And number three, you and I have got to be influenced. You see, infection comes from others. I mentioned earlier, if you, hey, you hang around certain people with certain personalities. I, where's Ryan? Ryan back there. Ryan, when he, uh, when we first came, they were, how old were you, Ryan, when we came here? That's a long time ago. 14, and Nathan was his age. They're good buddies. Well, they both were raised in country, I guess, because they both had the worst country. I still have it. But uh, Nathan didn't have it as bad as Ryan. Ryan doesn't have it now, but they had it bad. And man, Nathan would come home because he'd been hanging around Ryan. He'd go, well, it's good. I mean, just some kind of, who have you been hanging around? Because you're talking really country. You've been hanging around Ryan. Ryan infected him. He influenced him. Now they're both working on that. And Nathan now, he spends a lot of time correcting his parents. He's been hanging around North Dallas too long. He tells his mother, Mother, it's not Tuesday. It's not Wednesday. It's not Thursday. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You know what his mom says? It's Tuesday. <laughs> hey, listen. There are people in our world around us. Listen, and you got to ask yourself, who are you? Who, who, who is influencing you? Where are you allowing influence into your life? Listen, to be an influence, we must be influenced. That's what the family of faith is all about. Find some infectious Christians and allow them to infect you. Find some fired up friends and allow them to infect you and fire you up. Find some passionate peeps and let them pour their passion for Christ all over you. Hey, listen, you, you need to spend time with Jesus. You need to, hey, spend time in the Word of God, but you gotta spend time around people who will lift you up and not push you down, who will cause you to wanna serve Him more than serve Him less. Who you been hanging around? If you've been hanging around the turkeys, 
How on earth do you think we're going to soar with the eagles? Some of you, come on now, I got to be honest. You go to work, go to school, man, that guy's a turkey. And then before long, you're at home going, hey, honey, how you doing? Somebody said, my husband's a turkey. Well, I can't help you there on that. Thanksgiving's about 11 months away, so. Hey, we've got to find ourselves. We've got to open up ourselves. In fact, this, uh, the last of this month, I want to tell you something. Let me just throw this out. We've got a little time here. Uh, next Wednesday night, Josh is going to be speaking here on Wednesday night about prayer and fasting. You need to be here. Okay, this Wednesday night, right? The next Wednesday night, Jim's going to be speaking. I don't know of some issue of prayer. Where's Kobe? The third Wednesday night, Kobe's going to be speaking. I asked him this morning to do that because I got an opportunity uh, on the Wednesday, the Thursday morning after the last Wednesday of the month to be in Plano with a bunch of pastors at a round table discussion and, and leadership uh, time. And I got fired up about it when I read my letter and they said, hey, if you come, we'll give you an iPad. Now, they know preachers. I ain't driving five hours and spending $80 to hang around a bunch of other preachers until they give me an iPad. <laughs> but then I got, I got a higher level of, of, of realization. Woo, I'm going to spend all day with pastors and leaders who are going to pour into my life. They're going to influence me. They had to bait me with an iPad to get me there. But I'm going to be there and I'm excited about opening my life to be influenced by others because if I'm going to be truly contagious, if I'm going to be effective, I need others to help me do that. Are you hearing me say amen? Everybody say infected. Everybody say informed. And finally, or thirdly, everybody say influenced. And then finally, inflamed. The Holy Spirit in filling will set you aflame with the passion and power needed to be contagious. What did Jesus say to the disciples? Go to Jerusalem and wait on the promise of the Father. And when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you receive power to be my witnesses, to be contagious. And Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. We cannot be contagious without the power and the presence and the flame of God burning bright. Hey, if we're going to be the light of the world, our wood can't be wet. We've got to be set aflame with the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Jesus said, go wait for it. How many of you know sometimes the better things in life are worth waiting for? You know, when you think about spouses, there's a lot of divorce in the world. How many of you, you know, there's a whole world of people who say, oh, gosh, I wish I'd have waited. And then there's people who go, oh, I'm so glad I waited. Jesus said, you've got to wait for it. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Put yourself in a place of expectation. 
That's what they did. Acts 1, 4, and then you, they went to Jerusalem. It says when Jesus was ascended, they went to Jerusalem, and then they began to prepare for it. Everybody say prepare for it. We need to prepare our life for it. The next 21 days, listen to me, is a great time for, to, for God to prepare your life. You spend some time. Hey, if you can't come to this cross, find a cross somewhere in your heart. Find a place somewhere where you spend time with Jesus. And you began to uh, spend time in his presence and say, Lord, I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you by yourself. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to help you. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He'll help you be contagious. And when the Holy Spirit came upon the first century church there, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, even after pressure to keep quiet, the spirit of boldness came upon them. Wednesday night, we talked about building a spiritual backbone. And the power of the Holy Spirit will do that. The disciples in the first century church, they came and positioned themselves in the presence of God. They continued to spend time with Jesus. Now catch this. They had been hang, some of them had been hanging around him for three years. And then when he rose from the dead, they stayed with him for 40 days. They, he taught them the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. They stuck around in his presence. And when he left, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait. And they were waiting and preparing for the presence of God. You see, some of us need to shake some things off of our life, our own thoughts, our own way our own understanding and began to say Holy Spirit have your way in my life fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost so I can be contagious for you amen, amen. and then ask for it you know what Jesus said in Luke eleven thirteen? he said you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Listen, if you're genuinely contagious, everybody you get around will know it. If you're not, you and I have got to put ourselves in a place where we get really infected, spend some time with Jesus and let him infect us, loving on him, being loved, listening and learning. Spend some time being informed, studying and listening to the Word of God. And then finally, we got to spend some time with others and let them influence us and wait for God to empower us. Spend time with Him till He empowers us and causes the flame of God to burn bright on the inside of our life. That's what truly contagious Christianity looks like. You know it when you see it. And guess what? You know it when you don't. People who have been inoculated, you know that too. I don't want to just be inoculated. I want to be infected. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, today we thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you that you've determined that we are salt and we are light. We thank you, Lord God, that that's who we are. And your heart and your desire for us is to not lose our infectious, contagious love for you and love for others. This morning as we come to this place, I pray that each and every one of us would find ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Spending quality time with him 
I want you right now. We've got just a few minutes here. I'm going to ask you this morning. As you look to the new year. You can say, Pastor, I want to make a commitment to spend some quality time with Jesus. I don't want to make him as part of my life. I want to make him, make him the sole purpose of my life. This year in 2015, I'm going to make a commitment, especially in the next 21 days. I'm going to begin today. And for the next 21 days, I'm going to, I'm going to up the ante. I'm going to raise the bar. I'm going, to, I'm going to focus on him. And I'm going to begin to spend some quality time in the presence of God. If that's you today and you can make that kind of commitment and you, you say to yourself, and there is no way I want to be just inoculated, but I want to be completely infected with the contagious nature of the Christ life. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to join me in this altar. If you'd like to kneel, you can. But let's just come and let's just make, just say, Lord, in the next 21 days, I'm making a commitment. To you that I'm going to spend some quality time. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be denied. I'm going to spend some time with you. If that's you, I want you to come quickly and stand with me because that's my commitment today to Christ. You can kneel. You can stand however you want to, but just spend a little time saying, Lord, in the next 21 days, I'm going to do what I have to do to be contagious. I'm going to, I'm going to be infected with you. I'm not just going to be a knock. I'm going to spend some time listening and learning. I'm going to spend some time studying and growing in my understanding of the Word of God. I'm going to spend some time getting to know you better. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, today I kneel before you in this place. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, with my brothers and sisters today to help me in the next 21 days take some quality time with you. And Lord, whatever you and however you would want me to fast, Lord, whether from food or certain foods or, 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 or fast from things that are just, just plain out distractions in my life, Lord, I want you to uh, just lead me in that. And, and I want to pray and fast in the next 21 days. I want to spend some quality time with you, Lord. I commit myself. I want everyone in this room, especially you in this altar, just began to say, Lord, I commit myself to spend quality time with you in the next 21 days. I'm committed to you, Lord. Lord, I want to develop holy habits in the next 21 days that will cause me to be so contagious for you that others would look and say, we just can't resist the understanding and the knowing that we've been or you've been with Jesus. Lord, let us be contagious Christians. We're going to spend time with you. Lord, as we begin to fast, we know, Lord, it'll break bondages in our lives. We thank you for freedom and liberty being made manifest in our life and in our family. Lord, we know as we pray and fast, it will bring about a whole new level of sensitivity to the Spirit of God. Lord, open our ears to hear. We want to spend time listening to you and hearing what you have to say to us as we posture ourselves and position ourselves in 2015 to be a contagious Christian. And Lord, right now we pray for those who we know are lost and without you. I'm going to ask some people to begin to gather. Just lay your hands on this cross around us. And let's just begin to pray for people who are lost. 
Let's begin to ask God to use us to be an infectious uh, Christ life in their behalf. Lord, we just look to you and we ask you for these, Lord, who have been put on this cross today. We pray for them today. And we ask you, Lord, to begin to show yourself to them. Begin to open their eyes, Lord. Those who have never known you, we pray you would reveal yourself to them. Lord, we pray, Lord God, they would begin to realize that they need you in their life. Lord, let us have a burden, Lord, to pray and see you do a great work in their life. Lord, save them from hell today. Lord, speak to them. Send angels and, 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 and people of influence in their life. Lord, awaken them in the night, Lord God, with a dream and a vision, Lord, of their lost condition, Lord. Cause them to open up. And Lord, whatever the devil has done to, to harden their heart, we pray, Lord, their hearts would begin to soften to the things of God. Lord, they would begin to open up to you. Lord God, use, Lord, us to be an influence in their life and be a voice of confidence in their life, a voice of direction in their life. Lord God, we pray, save these people from their sins, Lord God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let us do whatever it takes, especially in the next 21 days, to prepare ourselves. And now, Lord, we ask you to fill us with the Holy Spirit. I want everyone in this room, not just in this altar, to if, if, if you so desire to be uh, uh, filled afresh or filled anew, with the power of the Holy Spirit, I want you to lift your hands to God and say, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit today. Fill me with the power. I want to be just like the first century church, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, in my life. Power to share the Word of God. Power to speak the Word of God. The anointing of God on my life. I thank you for it today. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Today as we close this service, I sense a prophetic anointing on my life, just a little prophetic edge. And I sense that there's some people in this room who are looking at their life and, and, and confusion and, and, and delusion has seemed to creep in and darkness begin to creep into your world and you feel instead of hopeful, you feel hopeless. And I'm telling you that today God's going to break that off of you as you spend time with Jesus. That hopelessness is going to turn into a hope. He's going to give you a future and a hope. And he, hey, your tears will be turned into joy. I sense it in my spirit. This is a turning point. This is a breakthrough day. And I want you just to begin to thank Him right now for the breakthrough. Everybody, begin to thank Him. <coughs> thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough. Jesus name. Everybody say Amen. Whoo. Thank you, Lord. Let's give him some praise. Come on, let's praise him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen.